The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today, and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win up to a million dollars. That's right, one million dollars. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. What up, DJs? Dan Titus, a.k.a. T-Money, here with the NBA Gambling Podcast, hosted by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You got the trifecta here. It's myself, Munaf, the Sports Nermanji, and Zach ZB, a.k.a. Swiss Bank, a.k.a. the betting council of the crew. What's up, fellas? How's it going? How you feeling tonight? Feeling good with the Bucks coming through in game two. Big blowout win. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but... I was on the Bucks on last night. Also came in the Slack channel with a Drew Holiday player prop, which also hit. He had a big game tonight with the counting stats. So doing well. And uh, the Nuggets are up right now. So we'll be following that as well. Zach's in a better mood tonight since, uh, uh, one, we got off to a, or he got off to a good start betting. And then the Denver Nuggets are whooping some ass right now. But yeah, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I know on the show yesterday I picked the uh, uh, Miami Heat, but I just like a change of heart this morning when I dropped in the Slack channel, but then I also took the over in the game. So, um, and also had a Chris Middleton prop, which kind of went south because of the great shooting by the other guys, but we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, good win for the Bucks, though. How you feeling, Dan? Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. I'm still riding my... Uh... My high of Tobias Harris is going going the fuck off, man. This, this yeah. is what we paid for, man. We paid so much money for this guy, and he's had a really good season. But I think that this was his coming out party. I think there's some some BS fouls on uh, Embiid, but you know that's just kind of how the the refs are going to call it sometimes on him. But I think that the uh, Sixers look like they're in a good place to probably sweep here. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that the Wizards took maybe a game, but. Really like the, the fit of George Hill where we scooped up a veteran and uh, he's already showing out in limited time. So feeling pretty good about that. I was actually kind of surprised. I took the heat tonight. I was expecting them to get a little bit of a bounce back, but, you know, maybe it was that OT wore out the legs. I don't know. But yeah, Bryn Forbes got busy really early. Um, pretty much this game was out of hand out of the first quarter with the Bucks scored 45 points. So yeah, yeah, man. But like, yeah, we're recording here tonight. Right now we're recording during the Denver-Portland game. Denver's out to a sizable lead uh, as we're approaching halftime here. They're up by like 15. So we get into the show today. We're going to review, talk about the, what we saw about the Heat, Bucks games, anything that's concerning. Munaf had a, uh, we were chatting about it on the Slack channel before we got on here, but there seems to be some kind of a, a comparison between the Miami Heat's play and the, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're going to touch on that just a bit, get, yep. get Munaf's thoughts on that. Then we'll get into some of our best bets and plays for Tuesday's slate. So, uh, before we get to it, man, let's uh, let's talk about this Miami game that happened tonight. Uh, or I should say the Bucks game. I know Manoff, you you missed out on that on that that Middleton prop, and that was just bad luck, honestly. But yeah. ZB, how are you feeling about Drew Holiday coming through? I mean, I think that this is what the Bucks were really looking for in Drew Holiday. Man, saw a lot of great plays that he was making. He was disruptive on both ends of the floor, making lefty floaters, hitting shots. Dude was dynamic today. Yeah, Drew was playing great tonight, and I think. 
you know, Moonop and I talked about this last show that, you know, Giannis really struggled in game one. We were looking at Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday respectively to kind of pick up the slack and become more of those featured pieces on offense. Um, that obviously did happen with Drew. Not as much for Chris. He had a more conservative night. But, you know, yeah, I thought the Bucks were kind of loosened up after that game one win. And that game one really took the monkey off their back in the matchup against the Heat. And I thought they were much looser tonight. So, big win for them as a, as a ball club, uh, you know, and this kind of sets the tone for us of the series. Whereas the heat kind of had the mental edge last year and the bucks kind of shut the door early this year. Yeah. I, you know, we talk, talked about Zach yesterday on the show when we were talking about uh, the first game between these two is before the show, even where we got on right now, I said, it's a, it's a polar opposite of what happened in game one is that Miami hit 23 pointers in game one, but they lost that game by two points in overtime. And we had talked about how they're, interior or their shooting percentage from inside the arc wasn't um wasn't a good percentage right and we were looking for that to kind of improve in game two and it 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 was okay it was better from what it was in game one but i think the main thing tonight for the bucks was they knocked down their three-point shots last game they only hit five tonight they had 22 i believe they hit like 10 in the first quarter so shout out to you know green forbes Patton Connington. Uh, those guys combined for 11 of 18 from the three-point line, and that was pretty much uh, what it was for the Bucks. They hit half of their uh, three-pointers between those two guys. So, um, you know, that, took a, that, that takes a lot of pressure off of guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton and True Holiday to really, you know, ball out every single night. Again, Giannis is jacking up seven three-pointers. I don't know why he's doing that. But, again, he had a great rebounding night. He still got his 31 points, uh, you know, 12 of 23 from the field. So, um, it, it was really telling for me because again, like we talked about in game one, Zach was the Miami hit 20, the Miami heat hit 23 pointers. They, they were plus 45 in that category from game one to the bucks and they lost that game. And that was a telling sign for me. And I knew that tonight was it, what, what happened tonight. I, I knew that it was going to happen because I knew that bucks were going to come out and shoot better. And they did. And they got the W to, uh, tonight against the Miami Heat to take a 2-0 lead. Now they're heading into Miami uh, for games three and four, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you think that the two days rest, I mean, the next game is until Thursday. This could really be helpful for Miami. They need to get back on track, and a home matchup should hopefully improve their chances. But what does Miami need to do to get to right the ship here? I mean, they were five-point dogs in the first two contests. They they played it well the first game, and then this one they got blown out. So, I mean, what are we expecting in game three? It's got to start with Jimmy Butler, right? Uh, like we talked about, he struggled in game one, and then tonight, even in 32 minutes, four of 10, 10 points, that's not going to get it done where you're the best player on the team. Him and Bam Adebayo also struggled early on where he was, you know, indecisive on offense, whether he should pass the ball or, or kind of take that elbow jump shot or that free throw jump shot, and he, and he really wasn't. Um, for, for Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to only combine for 26 points, that's not going to get it done. Uh, again, Goran Dragic had a big game, but it's like I said, it's going to have to start with those two guys if they're going to have any chance to even win a game or even come back in, in the series, which I don't think they're going to be able to. It might just be Bucks in five games here or maybe even a sweep. So, uh, you know, we talked about yesterday with uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron, if the injuries are still affecting them. Do you guys think that Jimmy Butler is still, you know, we he was out those last couple of games with uh, some injuries. Do you think that's still kind of lingering here for him? I don't know if it's injuries or what. I think he definitely hasn't been himself in games one and two. But I do, you know, Dan, the original question, I do expect the, the Heat to bounce back in game three. I mean, I don't think it's time to write them off. This game, obviously, you know, got, got away from them early. And I think that it's going to be hard to take a lot from the last three quarters here. 
I think for Miami, they kind of, you saw this in Spolstra's post-game preference. They just kind of want to get back home and regroup. Um, so I expect a bounce back effort for them in game three, but we still could be headed towards that gentleman sweep. I do think this is Bucks in five, like you said, Munaf. So yeah. um, just a, a tough start to the series for Miami, but Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's been in this position before, but yeah, really rough night for him tonight. You know, 10 points, four assists, two rebounds. You know, this is a playoff game. You know, this is, this is not a regular season game. So obviously a little concerning for him. Yeah, even, uh, even with the, like the 40 to 46 to 20 start that they had in the first quarter, Milwaukee still won every single quarter after that. So that's kind of telling also that there was no yep. fight with Miami. Yeah. Eight for 32 yeah. for Jimmy Butler in the first two games, man. That's, that's, that's ugly. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's go into tomorrow's matchups, man. Let's start it off with the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. Currently seeing the Brooklyn Nets as nine and a half point favorite with a game total of 227. What are your guys' thoughts here? I just don't see how the Nets are going to lose a game, really. Um, Boston just doesn't have enough outside of Jason Tatum. Uh, we saw Kevin Kemba Walker play better. Marcus Smart had a decent game, but Evan Fournier is still non-existent. Is there enough firepower for them to keep the the Nets at bay? Is nine and a half points something you can get behind? I was going to say, I'm looking at the over in this game at 227. I think that you see kind of a similar vibe to game one in Miami with Milwaukee, where both teams are pretty tense kind of rough basketball where both these teams can get going offensively, but we saw a little bit of a slog. I mean, people are talking about Brooklyn's defense coming out of that game as kind of the story. I think that kind of tells you all I need to know about game one. I think both these teams are going to come back a little bit more comfortable, especially the Nets who got great looks, a lot of in and outs, a lot of near misses. KD after the game was saying, you know, we're good. We, we got the shots we wanted. They just didn't fall, but yep. we're going to keep coming. So I think that the Nets team total here in this game um, that hasn't been posted yet, but one one seventeen ish maybe I don't know my math's not great one uh, one eighteen you're right yeah you got 118. it right one eighteen yeah um I like that to go over I think the Nets have a big offensive game here so I like just over at two twenty seven the Nets team total over it's a pretty big number at nine and a half and you know the Celtics didn't play that well either I think Jason Tatum is someone who can have success in this game who didn't game one so would stick more to the team total, but I, I would definitely think the Nets get this done on the, on the money line. Yeah, just echoing off what Zach said exactly is that, you know, Kevin Durant came out and said after the game, they got the shots. Uh, he even said that, you know, coming out of his hands, it felt good, but they just didn't go in. And, you know, when your top three guys combined for, what, five of uh, 20 from the three-point line, you know, they're going to knock down shots. Um, so five of 22, yep. so... You know, yeah, I agree with you, Zach, 100% that the Nets team total might be a look tomorrow night. I think it'll be the same effect as the uh, Bucks here tonight. I, and I think the Nets even have the better shooters, three-point shooters on this team compared to the Bucks. So um, I agree with you. I don't think, and Dan, what you said also, I don't think Boston is even going to get a game here in this series, and it should be a sweep for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So I'll probably be taking a look at uh, Nets first half. And then I agree with you, Zach, taking the Nets team total tomorrow night. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the – yeah, I don't know if I want to get behind the nine and a half. Uh, just given the Brooklyn's – I like what I've seen out of the, the big three thus far, but, you know, it is playoff basketball. I expect Brad Stevens to make at least some adjustments or try his best to. Um, I, I do like the team total here, but I'm going to go the under on it. You know, 197 in the first game, in the first matchup total – um, I could easily see the the net scoring 15, 20 more points. I just wonder what is Boston going to do? Because just as much as, you know, we're talking about the, the, the defensive improvements that that Brooklyn made just in their first game, mm -hmm. I wonder 
is it going to be too much for Boston? And I think this Boston's going to need someone to step up. I just don't know who it's going to be. Time Lord, though, shout out to him. What do you have? Nine, eight, nine blocks in uh yeah last he's game. So, he's so crazy. Good. So good. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into the other two games of the slate. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. All right, fellas. So let's talk about the next game here. This one's going to be fun, and I think we could probably start this off before we get into the actual game. Uh, Munaf, you have some thoughts on are the do you think that this layover from the bubble of the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers is something real? Because we saw the Lakers struggle really bad against the Suns. You know, LeBron was on the ground crying like a bitch. Um, <laughs> you know, we saw we saw Drummond once again off the floor. We saw Anthony Davis missing tons of shots. I mean, De- DeAndre Ayton just ate him up, honestly shot like 10 for 11 from the field, just played an extremely efficient basketball and Devin Booker couldn't be stopped. How worried and concerned are we about the Lakers and how would you compare that to the Miami Heat and what they're going through after just getting blown out in game two? You know, I was kind of thinking about this earlier uh, this morning was I'm not discrediting anything that the Lakers did in the bubble yesterday because or last season because that's not something that was in the control. That was just decided by the league to hey if we want to complete the season we have to go into a bubble i'm not discounting the 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 championship that they won last season but for me i think that both miami and lebron or sorry and the lakers are have battled injuries and covid situations all season long how much of like you said dan that the extended amount of games that those two teams played in the finals and then it was a pretty quick off season and that we heard that lebron and the lakers kind of wanted to start mid-January versus Christmas Day or Christmas time for, for for what the projected timeline was for the NBA and Adam Silver. And I'm kind of thinking bad is that when you're when you're in the bubble, the travel aspect was taking out was taken out, right? So you didn't have to worry about okay, like this season, now that you finished two games in Phoenix or wherever you are, you you complete your media stuff, you shower, you get on the team bus, from the team bus, you get to the airport, you get on the airplane, airplane to wherever you're going either it's your house or, or your hotel, all of that didn't matter in the bubble because once your game was over, you're getting, grabbing some food and going back to your hotel room, which was maybe a walk away or a bus ride away. So the fact that they didn't have to worry about all that travel situation and just were focused on one venue in Orlando where there weren't distractions either. How, How much of that, for the Lakers and Miami is is taken into effect what's going on this season or is it just that there there's injuries that's kind of piled up for them and again I'm not discounting what happened in the bubble but I think that Anthony Davis and LeBron and I, I talked to one of our guys in the Slack channel about this was LeBron and AD were playing at a very very high level last season for the Lakers and it was a whole thing about you know Kobe passing away and it was all about Mamba mentality and that they wanted to get one for the Lakers organizations in the city of LA. But that focus doesn't seem like it's there this season and that, yeah, maybe injuries are a part of it, but we're not seeing LeBron and AD play at the level that they were at last season. 
and it might have to do with either it was a long lay or a short layover from the bubble to the season or maybe some injuries, but I'm just not seeing like last season. I had no doubt in my mind that Lakers were going to win the title this season. Just what I've seen with the Lakers and what their struggles are on offense. I, I like that. And that's why I said that they're going to get bounced by Phoenix in the first round. And I, I still think that's going to happen because this team looks completely different from what it was last season. Yeah. ZB, I want to hear your thoughts as the, pseudo lakers fan i know you're really a new york fan at heart here but if i'm you not were... really like i'm not really a, I, just, I love lonzo so I, I was these guys are joshed because i was wearing a lonzo shirt while recording <laughs> right, the pod right. the other day but i i agree with you Munaf. i think they are we haven't seen any type of championship ever from this team yet we're kind of still waiting for it to happen now i am staying on the bandwagon that i think it will happen eventually but look you're down one otis the suns the suns they really had no answer for devin booker so that series is looking really tough unless they kind of pull it out right now. It's kind of now or never for that for the Lakers. So we'd love to see it. And I think, to me, it goes back to how much better would this team be if they had Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, that, that I was kind of reminded of that, just watching that game against the Suns. You know, having another guy who can kind of rev the engine for you would have been huge. And they have a lot of, you know, nice role players around LeBron and AD, but so much of it falls on LeBron and AD. And, you know, they might not be able to have that same impact as it did last year going to the title. Yeah, I think Caruso's been stepping up, but I think it's it's obvious to me that I don't think De- uh, Dennis Schroeder is the answer as like that that other person to facilitate the offense. He's more yeah. of a combo guard. I definitely see him more as a six man, not the facilitator that they currently have him in. Uh, he's really good in ISO pick and rolls, but with LeBron commanding the ball so much, He's often just left on an island, you know, sometimes shooting threes and then he'll pump fake, drive the lane, whatever. But this team just doesn't look in sync to me. LeBron was very passive aggressive in game one. But I'm curious to your guys' thoughts, man. Like, do you think the books have this right? So right now we have Phoenix as one and a half point dogs to the Lakers. To me, I mean, I got to I got to take the dogs here, man. Like after that first showing, Chris Paul wasn't even overly aggressive on offense here. And I don't really see anything that would steer me in the Lakers direction out of what I saw at a game one, unless, you know, AD actually hit shots and LeBron all of a sudden becomes the LeBron of last year. Like I, I still feel like something's missing in this offense to, to really back them right now. I'm really surprised that they're the favorites. I think one more point I wanted to make before I get into the game was, the roster last year for this Lakers team on paper compared to this season on paper looked a lot better what it is this season with Schroeder and Montrez Harrell last season, they had Wes Matthews, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, um, Rajon Rondo. Right. But this season, the pieces that they picked up, it almost seemed like this team was better suited to make another championship run. And those role players haven't really stepped up. I agree with you, Dan, about game two what has really constituted you for the books to move this line from Phoenix being favored by two and a half, three points in game one to now them being a dog, even when they won the game. Right. I did. I haven't seen anything from the Lakers either for that last week of the season to the game against the Warriors for the play in tournament and in game one for them to be a favorite. I think the whole thing, the narrative that we're still talking about is that, it's LA. They're going to, they're going to flip the switch. They're the defending champions. LeBron's going to wheel them in game two until I see it. I'm not going to back this team. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take Phoenix again tomorrow night as a dog in this game. I think, like you said, Chris Paul, I've been reading up on his injury. He, he seems like he's good to go. He's a lot less sore than he was from yesterday. So I'm going to you know continue backing 
this Phoenix team until I see somebody on the Lakers stop Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden inside. I'm gonna go with the Lakers for game two. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to buck, I'm gonna have to buck the trend here, boys. I'm coming back to the well. I'm chalk. I'm going with the public, the narrative, but I'm not gonna be on the wrong side of when this Lakers team finally does wake up. I I still there's still a part of me that says that they're gonna win the title this year. So. I'm going to go with the Lakers in game two, get even here. Yeah, I mean, I think all the big picture stuff is still there, but can we doubt LeBron James until we see it with our own eyes? I'm <laughs> I know you're doing it. We're already doing that it. gospel, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are doing it. We're already seeing LeBron. Like, he's. it's not the LeBron of last season, I promise you. And what I'm seeing, it's not the LeBron of last season. I think that ankle injury or something is just not right. And um, I don't know. I, I, I got to disagree. I know we don't have disagreements on the show a lot, but – I think this is where we got to have that disagreement. I'm backing Phoenix uh, tomorrow night. Did you guys see when LeBron was shooting the free throw? And I think someone, I think it might've been Chris Paul that got caught up in his shoulder for a second. He fell to the ground. And then the scuffle yeah. with Cameron Payne started going down. I saw like, I think I was a big cat of Barstool did this video that showed like every action of LeBron after that moment. He then like figured out a way to get up all dramatic. And then he walked over to where the scuffle was to try to get all the attention back to him. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like, this is so extra. You don't need to do this. You're the king. We get it. You're one of the best players ever. Why are you doing the most while your team is down? I don't know. It just seems like he's just doing too much. I'm over this Lakers squad. I hope they lose in four or five, whatever. There was also, there was also a, a meme going around on Twitter and on, on gambling Twitter and on, you know, other social medias is that when uh, I think they said that LeBron last night or on game one, he was down for like 80 seconds because of his injury. And they were talking about how a guy uh, in, in baseball got hit in the face with a um, 94 mile hour fastball. And he got up in 36 seconds. And then when Joe <laughs> Burrow, you know, tore basically uh, ruptured everything in his knee, he got up like in like 45 or 60 seconds and <laughs> Le LeBron was down for like 80 seconds. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Academy award for, for LeBron. So, yeah, so let's go to the, the next game. Actually, before we get to that, real quick, just want to get your guys' opinion on the total. I'm going to take the over here. Right now, I see it at 208. That's pretty, that's pretty light. You know, if we're expecting a bounce back out of the Lakers, you would expect them to at least put up, you know, 104, 105 points. So I think this is a pretty comfortable over here in game two. You know, they didn't play particularly well. Almost everybody on the Lakers shot poorly. So I think that, you know, if we're, if we're going to take back certain sides, I think that the, the Lakers will play better than game one. So I'm yep. going to take the over here. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you, you go ahead, Monaf. Give me a sec. Okay. Yeah, I think that, you know, Dan, you talked about how the shooting wasn't, I and mean, they got off to a pretty good start in the first quarter. Uh, you know, they scored 57 in that first quarter, but I think it was just Phoenix just coming out, out absolute fire um, and they dropped 32 in that first quarter. But yeah, you take a look at kind of the box score. Both of these teams really struggled from the three point line. But for me, again, you know, I don't think that the Lakers necessarily have the three point shooters on this team. Um, I mean, that's their best three point shooters, probably KCP and then maybe shooter after that. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, it, they don't really have the shooters. So I think they're gonna have to find a way to get some easy baskets inside, um, whether it's inside the paint or you're knocking down jump shots with, uh, inside the three point line. And then for the Suns, again, they had the three point shooters. Jay Crowder was 0 of seven. So expect him to bounce back tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, if, if Suns are going to continue to have success in this series and try to win game two, they're going to have to knock down more than nine, three pointers, um, against this Lakers team. So are we talking total here on the pick? Yeah, total. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the under in this game. I, I think that, um, you know, we're going to see a similar game flow to game one where that was really, you know, kind of half court possessions. I think it's we're going to see that same Devin Booker scoring profile. And then with uh, LeBron on the other side, hopefully waking up a little bit and doing something similar. But I think the pace is going to continue to be slow here. So I will go with the under in this game. And for the final game, we got the Dallas Mavericks going up against the L.A. Clippers. The Clippers are down one game. Didn't have the best showing out of out of my man, Pandemic P. Hopefully he changes that to playoff P as they make their run for the championship. But Luka has something to say about that. Obviously dropping 30. Tim Hardaway Jr. played really well. Is this a spot where you feel like the Clippers can write the ship? Currently they're six-point favorites to the Dallas Mavericks with a current implied total of 216. How do you think this game is going to go? Want to get your opinion, ZB? Yeah, we're just su- super excited to watch this one. I, I really want to see what the Clippers have in response for the Mavs. Now, I think they kind of tried a lot of different stuff in that first game, trying to mix it up against Luka, and none of it really worked. Munaf and I talked last night, you know, is the answer probably going to be a little bit more Rondo and then maybe a little more Zubac and Ibaka playing a little bit bigger and trying to, you know, make those adjustments. So I do trust Ty Lue to make those. You know, I want to come back on the Clippers in this game, but six is kind of a high spread to do so. Um, a little bit higher than maybe you would have liked. I think it was five, five and a half in game one. Um, and, you know, the da- Dallas show that they right there with a lot of answers on offense. So I would probably lean with the Mavericks plus the six, but definitely do then the Clippers get this one done. Am definitely interested in maybe a, Clippers Nets money line parlay, maybe throwing the Sixers in there for the next night after that as well. Um, you know, get some of those favorites together. Yeah, we we talked about last night, Zach, was that the three-point shooting was going to be the key for the Dallas Mavericks, and they did that in game one, 17 of 36. And the Clippers didn't, right? 11 of 40. So they're going to need somebody, you know, they're going to need outside of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to knock down three-point shots. Marcus Morris was really bad in game one, 0 of 6 from the three-point line, 2 of 8 from the field. He was a minus 23, which was the worst uh, among the Clippers players that played in the game. Um, I'm going to take the Clippers tomorrow night. I think that they have a good bounce-back game. I think this is the game that they know that they need to win. Going down 0-2 into Dallas is not going to be a good formula for them if they're going to want to advance past round one. Take it going back to last season when these two teams squared off in the first round, uh, Clippers won, sorry, a Mavericks won game two, and the uh, Clippers came back and won that game by eight, and then the Mavs won game four, and then game five was where the Clippers came out and dropped 154 points on them. So um, I, I think this might be a, a effect like the Bucks had tonight for the Clippers where they come out and shoot better. So I, I will be probably looking at taking the the uh, Clippers team total also tomorrow night for this game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Moon off on this one. I'm gonna go the Clippers minus six. I, I I think that this is gonna be a bounce back here, but I think, you know, I just can't get behind. You know, Dallas shot lights out. 47% from three, 17 threes. You know, the Clippers, obviously, as Manoff just stated, they didn't shoot particularly well. They did get up. They did hoist 40 shots, 43-point shots, though. So, yeah, I think it's going to be the, the Dallas Mavericks come down to earth a little bit. I think we'll see a better play out of the, the Clippers. Hopefully some adjustments by Ty Lue. I think we'll see Rondo a little bit more on Luka Doncic. Definitely think that six points is a bit high, given the way that the, the Dallas Mavericks came out and punched them in the mouth in game one. But... I think this is going to be a playoff P. We're going to need to see something out of you, bro. Um, we're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and then we'll get back to 
the props that we got for the prop shop. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24 seven. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn it off and hit the reset button. And that's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. So personally, I know the guys can contest. I'm drinking Coors Light right now. Man, my kid was up screaming all night. And the first thing I need to do, man, I went to 7-Eleven, caught myself some cores, popped that thing open, man. So refreshing. And honestly, it's like mountain cold refreshment, man. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold, lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. If you haven't played Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their best ball tournaments. They're some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win a million dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlay and player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA Playoffs Best Ball tournament coming up as well. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, let's get to the prop shop. Um, I'll start off with Munaf. What do you like from, what games do you like? What props do you like? Um, and who are you starting off with? Yeah, I think let's start again in the, then we start with the Boston, the, the Brooklyn game i think these guys will shoot better tomorrow night um kind of looking at some of these three point shots made props for some of these brooklyn guys um i think Kyrie will you know man they're juiced like crazy it's like over one and a half for harden's like minus 185 and for durant's like minus 213 um i'm gonna ride Kyrie Irving tomorrow night over the two and a half three point shots made uh you know i think Kyrie when he gets hot he can knock down every single shot. And I think he's one of the more consistent guys that can knock down that three-point shot even inside the uh, inside the three-point line for them. I'm currently looking at is three-point shots made at over two and a half. And then I'm going to stay with Kevin Durant over 27 and a half points. I think that's a little conservative for him. I think this offense is going to run through Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets. Dropped 32 in the first um in the first game, I believe. And, you know, he said he didn't have a great shooting night. So I expect him to bounce back and have a big, big game for the Brooklyn Nets. So give me Kevin Durant over 27 and a half points and Kyrie Irving over the two and a half, three point shots made. And let me see if I see a James Harden assist prop. I, I think I'm going to continue to ride that over nine and a half at even money. VB, your, uh, what's your prop? Any props from this game? Can I go from a different game on the slate? I have a I had a Lakers Suns prop in the shop. Let's get crazy, man. Let's get, let's get crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to Anthony Davis in this game. I I think that very uncharacteristic performance in game one. Now I think a lot of people are saying, is he that same guy anymore? And I am just counting on this Lakers bounce back narrative in, in throughout all my picks tonight. I see a nice little grin on Munaf's face as I make this pick, but I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. His points, rebounds, and assist prop is down to 34 and a half um, or 35 and a half. Um, or yeah, just seems really light for him. I mean, he averaged 28, 10, and four in the playoffs last year. He's killed the Suns in this matchup this year. Yes, DeAndre Aiden got the best of him in game one, but 
I'm trying to, you know, stretch that out a little bit. I think AD, you know, the focus is going to be on him tomorrow night. He showed he can step up in this kind of game last year, and I think that it's another big one for tonight. So I'm going to go with AD over 35.5 points, rebounds, and assists in that game, too, against the Suns tomorrow night. I also like, you know, your idea for the Nets. I think Kyrie especially for the Celtics, Marcus Smart can only guard one of these cats. And, and so, you know, there's yeah. going to be room for each of them to get off in, in better matchups when those occur. So I like your approach in that Nets, Nets uh, Celtics game as well. So I'm going to go back to the Boston net series and I'm going to go with, I'm going to go under Evan Fournier, 15 and a half points. Currently see that at FanDuel. He's only shot the ball 11 times in his last three on average of 11 times in his last three games. He shot three for 10 in the first matchup uh, against the nets. He's coming off the bubble game where he shot three for 11. I don't think this guy's a good fit. Not really feeling him. I'm going to fade him in game two. And I think I'm also going to fade Kemba Walker's assist line currently laid at four and a half. Kemba hasn't done that in three straight games and he's gotten two in his last game. He had two the game before that in the play in tournament and four in the game coming into the play in tournament. I think if we're going to see a better Boston team, it's not going to be because Kemba Walker becomes the assist distributor dime aficionado. I think Kemba's at his best when he's being aggressive. He's putting pressure on the defense. And that's really with him getting buckets in that mid-range and taking it to the rack. I'm going to go under on Kemba, four and a half dimes. So, Manoff, I'll take it back to you. Any other ones you got from the Dallas Clips game or Lakers-Phoenix? Yeah, I'd like two more props for our tomorrow night. I'll go to the Clippers game, uh, Clippers and Mavs. I do like... Kawhi Leonard over 26 and a half points. I think that if the Clippers are going to win tomorrow, it's going to be, have to be on the back of their two superstars. Um, so give me Kawhi Leonard over 26 and a half points. And then I'll go back to the Lakers and the um, Suns game. I like Mikel Bridges over one and a half, three point shots made. Uh, I think he'll get his looks from uh, the corner, like where he likes to spot up kind of like PJ Tucker and knock down those three point shots. I think that he'll have plenty of opportunities there. If they're going to start focusing more on Devin Booker, um, so give me Mikel Bridges over one and a half, uh, three point shots made. ZB, what are your thoughts? Any other ones from the Lakers, Phoenix or Dallas clips? Nah, I, I got nothing else. I'm, I'm still an apprentice in the prop shop in the, in the, uh, in the Woodward. <laughs> you, you guys are the, are the, uh, experts. I'm just learning under you guys for now. <laughs> okay. Look, young pad one, you will, you will learn soon enough. <laughs> Um, so my, my last one that I got, I'm going to go with Luka Doncic over seven and a half rebounds. I think Luka, Luka is going to be on triple double watch the entire series. Um, he's extremely active. He played 41 minutes in game one. I don't see any reason why he's not going to be seen at least 38 to to 40 minutes. And we see Porzingis, he started to get a little bit more active and a little bit more aggressive towards the end of the game, but he still doesn't look totally comfortable to me. And he seems to really benefit whenever Porzingis is off the court when hitting the glass. So um, he's actually hit this in three of his last four contests. So I like Luca to get seven and a half rebounds. He's gotten 10 in his first game, obviously got a triple double and he did it a couple other times since then. So uh, give me Luca over seven and a half rebounds. Also want to pay attention to his assist line. He was also very good at that. I mean, he was, yep. but this is also because Dallas was hitting every shot possible. Um, yeah. So I think that to come down, I think that will come down a little bit, but uh, Munaf, any other thoughts? 
Now, just looking at uh, Luca's points and rebounds, if you, I mean, if, I think if he's going to be on triple double watch right now. I see the line posted only at 18 for points and rebounds combined. So I think if you like that, you may want to, I don't know, possibly combine those two and take the over on the 18 there. So, yeah, to close out the show, guys, let's get some best bets going on for tomorrow. Um, I'll start with ZB. What are your thoughts? Who's your what's your best bet on the slate? I, I really like that Brooklyn Nets team total over at 118. That's probably my favorite. Second favorite, I'm gonna go with the Lakers. I, I think they get it done tomorrow night. Um, so we are gonna have some interesting discussions on uh, the Wednesday show, regardless of what happens. I'm excited to uh get back to it with you guys, but I'm going with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets team total over. Uh, what say you, Munaf? Man, let's see here. I think uh, a couple of things that I did. Like, I, I know the line for this one is not posted yet, but I think the click first will come out on fire tomorrow night in the first quarter. Their team total will probably come in around 29 points. So I will be taking the over for the Clippers in that first quarter team total over 29. Um, and I'm going to ride with the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night, man, uh, in the first half. I think that they'll come out and shoot better tomorrow night. Uh, currently seeing at a five and a half. You probably find a five there. So give me uh, Brooklyn Nets first half minus the five. And I'm going to go give me the Suns as the dog, one and a half point dogs. I think they're going to take care of business, go up 2-0 on the Lakers. Wednesday is definitely going to be an interesting show uh, with ZB still. <laughs> still backing his boys, but they're not his boys. <laughs> the Knicks are his boys. The Knicks um, are my boy. Big Knicks game to get to. Big game to got Knicks got to get that one done for sure. They yeah. got to get it done, man. Ice tray is too cold, man. Y'all, y'all need to write that. Insane. For sure. All right, y'all. We'll catch you tomorrow. Make sure to hit the Slack channel. Check out our best props plays. Uh, hit you back tomorrow with another show where we'll be covering all the games heading into Wednesday where we got the Washington Wizards, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Atlanta Hawks going back to MSG and following up with the the Grizzlies and the Utah Jazz. The Donovan Mitchell experience is still real. We don't know what's happening there. Is he going to play? Is he not? Is Bogdan going to drop 29 in the second half again? Who knows? But uh, we'll be chatting about it, no less. All right, fellas, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it!